Amen. Bless the Lord. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. You are worthy, Jesus. You are. You're good. Even when we're not, you're good. You're good all the time. And we bless you. How you doing today on a Wednesday night? Good. I like that. Somebody said real. That was a nice good, somebody said. Amen. So you could turn in your phones or if you actually have a Bible. Or we're going to be back in Psalm 103. This is some good things happening in Psalm 103. And um, it's good to understand the benefits of the Lord and how to apply them. It's good to understand that it's God's good pleasure to benefit his children because it shows his glory. And so as, we, as you're turning there, I'm gonna just open us up in prayer and then let's dig into the word. Father, thank you for these souls that are here today. Lord, when we say, show me your glory, Lord, I see it as I look out at each and every person here. The glory of the Lord, saved, filled with his spirit, your presence upon them, your blessings upon them, your grace upon them, your mercy upon them, your love upon them, your compassion upon them. I thank you, Lord, that you're good, that you're gracious, that you're kind, that you're gentle, you're loving, you're faithful, you're beautiful beyond description. Mere words cannot even describe how awesome you really are. And I thank you that it's going to take eternity for us to even speak it. And so we bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight I'm going to continue on our journey into the benefits of being in covenant relationship with the Lord. We've covered these amazing benefits. Who forgives all your sins. Yes, he forgives all your sins. You mean that one? Yes, that one. This one too? Yeah. How about this one that I always seem to get tripped up in? Yes, that one too. Even if I have to say it over and over again? Even if you have to say it over and over again? He forgives all your sins. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins. Notice that it's plural there. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness because of the benefit of the Lord that he forgives all our sins. Who heals all your diseases. Exodus 23, 25 says, Worship the Lord and his blessing will be upon your food and water. I will take sickness away from you. Exodus 23, verse 25. He heals all our diseases. Here's another benefit. Who redeems your life from the pit? Sometimes in life, we find ourselves in a pit. And uh, if you were here last week, I kind of showed that Princess Bride uh, clip with uh, the, the pit of despair. Well, that's when we're, we know when we're in a pit when we are despairing of life. That's when we know we're in a pit, when there's no joy, when there seems to be uh, confusion or frustration or things you just can't seem to 
Get out of it. The Bible tells us that one of the benefits of the Lord is that he redeems our life from the pit. He redeemed our life from the pit of hell when we were going there willingly, stubbornly, arrogantly, willfully. He chased after us. He pursued us. He sent people in, in our way. He sent circumstances in a way that at times were painful, but they caused us to be broken and be willing to hear someone share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord did that as a benefit to us, and he redeemed our life from the pit, and he redeems our life from the pits of life. But, and I, as I had said, um, well, how does he redeem our life from the pit? How do we get out of the pit? And Psalm 40, verse 1 and 2 tells us, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. That's one of the other things about a pit is you, you're trying to get out of it, but it's all muddy and you can't, there's, no, there's no sure footing. And so it's the Lord who reaches down and pulls, up, pulls us up out of the pit. But when we're in the pit, sometimes the Lord leaves us there for a season that we would experience him in greater ways. Or two, in my own life, because I only speak for myself, but I'm stupid enough, if you take me out too soon, I'll go right back into the pit. So there's lessons to be learned in the pit. And one of those lessons is, is to wait on the Lord. The next benefit is, is who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. The Lord has crowned you with two crowns. And they are loving kindness and they are compassion. He is loving towards you. He's kind towards you. He's compassionate towards you. When you're going through something in your life, he's compassionate. Jesus walked this earth and took on flesh and blood so that he can go through the, the trials and the tribulations and the struggles and all that. The Bible tells us that he was tempted in every way like us, yet he did not sin. So that when we go through things, he can identify with us in our struggle. And, and, and in that, he crowns us with compassion. He crowns us with love. He crowns us with kindness. Those things are upon our head. It says in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgression, it is by grace you have been saved. See, it is because of his great love for us. What is it? That great love and kind. Listen, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, he still loved us. Even when we rejected him, he still loved us. Even when we mocked him, he still loved us. And he was rich in mercy. And by his great grace, he saved us. And in that place of salvation, he crowned us with loving kindness and compassion. Now, I don't know what kind of benefit package you have at work. I have a pretty good benefit package. But I want to say that this benefit package that we have in Psalm 103 is out of this world. Because it is. It's a heavenly benefit package given to those who are in covenant relationship with the Lord. Forgiveness is yours. Healing is yours. 
being redeemed and rescued is yours. Love and compassion is yours. And so we see, I want to go into the next portion of this benefit. And so I'd like to read Psalm 103. I'm going to, for time's sake, I'm just going to read the first five verses. But it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. So the next benefit package that we're going to look at is that he satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, some of us have years, and some of us have years. Some of us have entered into our golden years. Some of us are in our mid-years. Some of us are in our young years, but we're all in some graph of those years. And so it says here that he satisfies your years with good things. Now, I want to say something here about this. First of all, when I look at this, because there's so much in that one portion of Scripture, really I've got to break it into two parts because there's two parts to it. It says that he satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And so when we look at it first, we see satisfies your years with good things. I want to let you know that God is both good and generous at the same time. He's good and he's generous. And we're benefactors of his generosity. God has been good to us and he's been generous to us. We have blessings that uh, if, we, if we would have uh, tried to do on our own, never would have gotten it. We're at places in our life that we would never have been able to get to if it wasn't for the blessing of the Lord, if it wasn't for him being good to us. Amen. We would never be at the place. I would not be standing behind this pulpit if it wasn't for the goodness of the Lord. I know who I was. And there is no way I would have accomplished this in, in and of my own. I couldn't even have dreamed this when I was standing on a street corner, when I, when I felt the Lord's presence in my young years. And so God is good to us, and he's generous to us. In Psalm 23, verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the benefits of the Lord is that goodness follows us. Well, what happens when, when, you know, when I'm in trouble? You may be in trouble, but when you come out of that trouble, the goodness of the Lord is going to be with you and it's going to follow you. Because God is good and his character trans, uh, is, is placed upon us. He transcends and he, and he envelops us and he surrounds us with his goodness. 
In the midst of trial, God surrounds us with his goodness. When I'm going through pain, God surrounds me with his goodness. When I'm confused, God surrounds me with his goodness. When I'm in doubt, God surrounds me with his goodness. When I've fallen, God surrounds me with his goodness. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. What does that say? He doesn't turn his back on us. He knows how we are made. And he still is good to us. He knows our thoughts. He knows the words on our tongue before we even speak them. And he's good to us. And so goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Oh, how good it is to have the mercy of God on our life. When we cry out for it, he extends it to us and lets us have his mercy. I want to look at this in his, as it says, he satisfies your years with good things. I want to let you know it's, it's okay to have things. Oh, Pastor Mike, you know, uh, I don't want to be the materialistic Christian. It's good to have things. How many people have an empty house? Do you have a couch? That's a thing. Do you have a bed? That's a thing. Do you have a toilet? That's a good thing. Do you have a shower? That's an even better thing. You know, I, he satisfies us with good things. And it's okay to have things. It's okay to um, look at the things that you have and understand that it's the goodness of the Lord that has brought those things into your life. No, um, my credit card got me that. Okay, we're going to talk about that in just a second. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. No, God didn't give that to me. Visa did. Well, okay, but we're going to talk about that in just a second. Proverbs 10.22 says, It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 10.22. Do you know when we have sorrow? When we pull out the old plastic card and we say, I want that. And then we go and we slap that card down and ka-ching. And then we say, oh, I want that. And we slap the card down again. Ka-ching. Oh, that person has that. That looks real nice. I think I'd like that in my, in, in my house. And we slap the card down again. And then all of a sudden, we're filled with sorrow. Because now i got to pay for that. And I have to pay for it at 25%. It says in, in Proverbs, build back better. Yeah, I hear you, Pastor. Build back broke. But it says in Proverbs, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The thing is, is that we don't wait for the blessing. We go and, cr and create it ourselves. And because we don't wait for the blessing of the Lord, and we take situations into our own hand, we end up with sorrow. But the Lord knows our need, and if we wait on the Lord, his blessings will come upon us, and they will add no sorrow to us. And so it's good to have nice things. It's good to, 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 to look at your life and understand we're blessed. It says that he satisfies your years with good things. That 
as I had said before, many of us have years. And I can, if I look back, I can see the good things that God has given to me, done for me, and all of this. And, and if you look, can, can look in your life too and say, God has been good to the years that I have walked on this earth. And he's done good to me. And he's done good for me. And he's given me good things. Now, I'd like to take a moment and talk about some of the good things that the Lord has given me. And I'm not trying to be selfish. Um, I made a list. And the reason why I made a list is because you know what? When you're, in a, when you're in a good place and in a good mood, make a list of the good things you have. Because I'll tell you what, because you're not always going to be in a good mood. And you're not always going to have a good time. And you're not always going to be in a good place. And sometimes you're going to despair the things around you. You're going to start to complain about all the things that are going on in your life. That's the time to take out your list and look at the good things that God has given to you. And stop focusing on the negative things of your life and begin to focus on the positive things of your life. And so when I was making out this list just uh, last night, I'm saying to myself, you know, I need to keep this list. And the reason why I need to keep this list, because sometimes things don't always go as I plan. And sometimes, and it's guaranteed that even in the year 2024, we're going to go through some hard times. Personally, we're going to go through some hard times. And so we need to be able to pull out a list and be, begin to look and remind ourselves of the good things that the Lord has done for us. Remember, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? Forget not all his benefits. What happens when we find ourselves in a place of, of, of um, turmoil or, or discouragement or, or um, depression or, or, or doubt? It's good to pull out the list and see, wow, look at the good things that the Lord has given to me. And use it as a place to rise up above your circumstances or situation. See, he says he satisfies your years with good things. My number one Good thing that I put down was Jill. She's my perfect opposite. If she says to me, hey, do you like this? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll say, hey, take a look at this. She'll go, ew. But in our opposites, we balance each other out. And so when I look and think about the good things, I don't look at the material things that I have or the things I look at the things that are of substance and so when it says that he satisfies your years with good things listen I was alone for a long time some of you know that um, I was I was alone um, I got married I was 49 years old and um, say what it, it was good while it lasted yeah I, I gotta say it's true it was true 49 good years but, um, you know, in one day, you know, somebody said, hey, would you like to go out to co for coffee with, with a nice blonde? I mean, what was I going to say, no? <laughs> that would have been another 49 years probably <laughs> before that opportunity came around again. <laughs> but I knew when I drove away after my first date, I met my bride. I knew it. And so while me and Jill may be opposite, we, we balance each other out. We complement each other. We also, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when, 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 we're in, we're in, 
when we're in two different places or, two, or different disagreements or, or uh, we have two different opinions. Uh, it's, it's, it's a place of growth for myself and for Jill as well because we can't always get our way. A relationship isn't built on one person's opinion or one person's way. Sometimes, yeah, we're generous and, 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 and we, we give, but the other time too, it's just, sometimes we stick to our principles and in those, it's in those times that we find the place of struggle, that, that's when the relationship has better meaning because it's there that we begin, you begin to relate and begin to talk and begin to compromise and, and see how it's going to work out that it comes out better for the both of us. You know, um, you know I'm perfect, and I know that Jill, she, you know, she's getting there, and, and that's okay, you know. But no, when I think of Jill, I always think and say, God gave me my perfect opposite. Look, I'm Brooklyn, born and bred. She's Western Connecticut. <laughs> I grew up with African-American, Spanish people, Russian people, Irish people, Jewish people. I grew up in, she grew up in Lily White, Western Connecticut. You know, and, and, when I think of this and I think of, I'm like, you know, it's like we, I can't understand her upbringing just as much as she can't understand my upbringing. And sometimes she'll say to me, what, what do you, what, when she wants to buy me like a, some sort of clothes or something like that, I said, just think Brooklyn. She says, I can't, I'm from Western Connecticut. I said, yeah, don't think Western Connecticut. I'm not Land's End. Last year for Christmas, she bought me boots, and she said, do you like them? Yeah. They were duckies. I wouldn't even be buried in duckies. I, I looked at them, and I was like, she says, you want to send them back? I said, oh, yes, we'll be on the line tomorrow. But um, it's even, like, when I go to, when I go to uh, get gifts for Jill, it's hard too because I have to take time and, 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 and think about what it is that would, would bless her. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of relationship um, is when we think of the other person better than ourselves and when we look to do something above and beyond what we would do for ourselves, for them, we think about what it would be to bless them. Isabella. Isabella is fun. Isabella is quick-witted. I want to tell you a story. One time, a few years ago, when we were living in Millbrook, it was around Christmas time, and I said, Isabella, come on, you want to take a ride? We, we got to go to we got to go to the hardware store. Uh, what's it, Williams? And so we go in, and I'm looking for something, and Isabella goes down another aisle. I'm looking for something, and I said, Come on, Isabella, I got to go pay for this. She says, All right, Daddy, I'm coming, and she comes and she's holding on to. Um, Bolt cutters, bigger than her. She's like this. She goes, Dad, I found your toenail clippers <laughs> in front of the whole store. I busted out laughing. I was great. And she was little. She, was, she wasn't even 10 years old yet. And I was wondering, where does she get that from? <laughs> yeah, right? But that's a blessing. Of the, that's the good things 
that the Lord bestows upon our years. Our bride, our, our husbands, they're good things in our lives. Yes, we don't get along from time to time. Yes, we can um, be impatient or, or um, get frustrated. But you know what? When, when that's, just the inner, that's just the inner pride working. The fact of the matter is God gave me a good thing when he gave me a family. And God gave you a good thing when he gave you a family. It's a good thing. Children are a good thing. Spouses are a good thing. Our home. Not the physical part, not the house, not the structure, but what's inside. On New Year's night, we were getting ready for bed. After, uh, Isabella wanted to stay up uh, to midnight, and we did, and, you know, we, we celebrated. It was, it was nice. And then, I don't know about you, but if, with your kids, but when it's time to go to bed, it seems like Isabella just escalates, like the burners just go off even. She gets like hyper, she hyper, uh, and, and it's like, it's like it gets, it's like, it's almost crazy. And I turned to Jill and I said, you know what? I wouldn't trade any of this for anything. Because one day, I might not be here. I'll take what I got right now. And so I'll. Our home is a good thing. My job is a good thing. You know, people may look and say, oh, you know, you know you're, a, you're a custodian. Yeah, I'm a custodian. But it's a good job. It's an honorable job. I don't mind doing it. It pays good. The benefits are good. It provides for my life. It's a blessing of the Lord. God gave me a good thing. It set me in a good place. And if your job isn't satisfying you, pray. Ask the Lord, Lord, is this the good thing or am I missing it? And if I'm missing it, Lord, put me in line to where I can receive the good thing. See, your job is supposed to be something that brings you joy. And if your job doesn't bring you joy, you're not in the right job. And that's okay. That's a place where you have to say to the Lord, okay, I'm not in the right place. Because my job is supposed to be a good thing. And I'm finding it not a good thing. So bring me to the place where your benefit is a good thing. Because, Lord, your benefit says here that you satisfy my years with good things. That's a benefit. And so if you're in a, in a place of employment that it's draining you, or you find, you're not finding joy or contentment or peace in that place, then maybe it's time for you to ask the Lord for the benefit of that good thing that he has for you. My pastor, my friend, we've known each other 35 years. I don't have enough fingers and toes, so I, I can't figure it out. Let's say about 35 years. Let's just go with it. We've known each other, and, and we instantly became friends. Neither one of us, when we became, would ever know that we would be side by side working, working the ministry. But, but it's great. We both were in the same class. Um, we both have the somewhat same sense of humor. And um, he's been a good friend to me, and he's been a great pastor to me. I'm humbled when I see, when I, I, when I knew him when he was studying for the ministry, and what I see now is a, is, is a good thing. He's a good thing to this church. He's a good thing to people. He's good to have as a pastor. He's good to have as a friend. And 
I try the best as I can to re- reciprocate that. That when he calls, I, I, alter, I alter my schedule just for him to ask me one thing. I, will alter, I alter my schedule because I love him and he's a good thing in my life and, and I'm blessed to have him. And um, I love you, Pastor. You're a pastor and you're a friend. And I appreciate the goodness that God has given me in you. You. Yeah, you. Every one of you are a good thing in my life. You are a good congregation. You're a good people. You're a loving people. You make me smile when I think about you. You say, you say encouraging words to me sometimes that humble me. When I hear some of the things that you talk to me about, what God has done in your life, it blesses me. It blesses me. And I'm grateful for you. I really am. I am grateful for you. You are one of the good things that God has given me in my life. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to let you know something. I may work a second shift and I may work, work nights, but if you ever need me, just as pastor, if you ever need me, I, I, would, I, I alter my, my schedule. I want to let you know something that you're worth getting up for. Just because I work a second shift, if you're going through a struggle or a trial and the Lord puts you on my heart to call me, you call me. I'll get out of bed and I'll meet with you. We'll go have a cup of coffee. We'll sit in my office. We'll talk. You're worth getting up for. You're worth losing sleep over. You want to know why? Because you're a good thing. And because you're a good thing, I I commend you and I'll serve you. And I want to let you know that I'm here for you if you ever need me. Amen? Amen. You're a good thing. So he satisfies our years. Now, some of us can... When I say years, I think about my years, and I'm like, wow, that word years, I was like, years. <laughs> Satisfy, satisfies our years with good things. Just to think about, like, Pastor and I have been friends for 35 years. That's a long time. That's years. How long have you guys been married? 31 years? 31 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know that years can, can, can have a significant meaning. Like when you're 20-something, you know, uh, I, I love when people say, you know, back in the day. Back in what day? <laughs> back in the day. Yesterday. I remember I had my five-year-old niece, five-year-old niece one time come to me and says, Pest, uh, not Pastor Michael, Uncle Michael, back in the day. Back in the day? You're five. What day? <laughs> Diapers? What day? What? How have you had a day? Back in the day. I'll never forget that. Back in the day. But some of us, have years, and some of us have years ahead of us. And I want to let you know, hold on to God, because those years are going to be good. They're going to be, they can also be rough, but in those rough years, he's shaping you, molding you, and making you into in the image of his son, and also that you can be useful in the kingdom of God. Your years, my years are behind me, but young people, your years are in front of you. Don't waste them. Don't waste them. Don't envy the things of the world. Don't think you're missing out on something. You're not. What you're missing out on is going to cause you heartache and trouble. And could take years to get out of. Stick to the Lord. Stick close to him. The days are evil. The days are short. Jesus is coming back. But in that time, you young people are... Are vital to the kingdom of God because this old man is not going to reach a young person. 
You are. We produce after our own kind. Young people. What, what attracted me to the church when I was growing up in Brooklyn and I, when I would stand on the street corner in the park and sell drugs, there was a Pentecostal church across the street. That's how stupid I was. But the young people would come out of church on a Friday night, dressed up, laughing. And I would say, how come their laugh is different than my laugh? See, I laugh at someone's calamity. Do you understand what I'm saying? BC, we laugh when people mess up. Ha, ha, ha. I didn't have their laugh. I had an evil laugh. Their laugh was different, and it was a witness to me. They hadn't even spoken a word to me. They came out of church, and they were laughing. And I says, who gets dressed up on a Friday night to go to church? Usually get dressed up on a Friday night to go, to go out. But that was a witness to me. And I was wondering, what is, why are they different than me? So I want to let you know, young people, you may not have years, but the years that you do have is a testimony to the Lord and what he's done for you and how good he's been to you and how he can use you for good purposes. So use your years wisely so that the goodness of the Lord can rest upon you and he can bless your years, whether you are young or whether you are old. What's the benefit of this benefit? Is that when you go through hard times, remember the good things God has done and given to you. I want to encourage you, when you're in a good mood, take some time and write out a list. Because you're in your bad mood, that's not going to be a good list. You know? you know, write a list of the good things that God has done for you so that when you're in the hard times and the bad times, in the trying times, the times of discouragement, times of fear or anxiety. Pull out your list and remember the benefits of the good things that God has done for you in your years. I want to move into part two. And part two says, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now this is a profound statement. So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. God didn't promise us that we were always going to be young looking. Some of us already know that. This summer when we went to St. Augustine, when we went to St. Augustine, Florida, although you know, I, I know where St. Augustine is. For those of you who don't, I just told you where it is. But when I was 12 years old, we went on a trip to Florida. In a Chevy station wagon, in July, with no air condition, with my mother on my right and my aunt, mile a minute mouth Millie, on my left, and me in the middle, with the windows rolled down, dying for air. And my father drove as if he was Mr. Magoo. He would always miss the exit, and then he would back up. Near-death experience. But we went, and one of the things we visited was the Fountain of Youth. And when we went this year, I said to my wife, hey, can we go see the Fountain of Youth? She's like, why do you want to go see the Fountain of Youth? I said, because I went there when I was 12 years old, and I drank that from that fountain. I want my money back with interest. <laughs> that thing didn't work. 
Some people think that, oh, so he renews your, your he renews, he, well, let me try this again, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. No, God didn't promise us that we would always have youthful looks, obviously. But what is he trying to say here? You know, youthful beauty is a multi-billion dollar industry. People that aren't, that uh, don't know the Lord or are consumed with themselves or consumed with staying young, there's a product for them. There is a multi-billion dollar youth movement, if you want to say it, a multi-billion dollar industry to try to keep you looking young. Can we show that first slide? Okay. This Ole Regenerist, I remember seeing a commercial on TV with this thing, this woman was take, dabbing a finger in it and putting it on to take away wrinkles. This girl was in her 20s. She, doesn't have a, she hadn't had a wrinkle from here to Hoboken. And yet she, they're, they're trying to sell that product and tell me, Let, you want to know how I'll buy that product? Put up the second one. Put that on this lady. <laughs> if her wrinkles disappear, I'm buying it. Then, then I'll believe your product. But people try to hold on to their youth. Why? It's futile. It's fleeting. You're going to get old. You're going to get wrinkles. You're going to lose hair. Some of us. You're going to grow hair in weird places, like your nose or your ears. That's the humor of God. But we're all going to get old. So why try to hang on to something that's going, that's going to slip out of your hand like sand anyway? Just use your young years wisely so that when you're in your older years, you, you'll have wisdom and be, and be a blessing to you and, and not fear of losing your youth. So what is the meaning of this statement? Here's how I interpret the saying, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. How many times in your years... Have you, not had so, have you not had good things or good times? How many times in your years have you had a bad year or bad years or bad things that have happened? Bad situations. Lost things. Tragedy. Loss of a job. You've suffered loss or whatever it is. Our years aren't guaranteed that they're going to be good years. And in those times when those years aren't good, this is why God says the blessing of the Lord is that he satisfies our years with good things. Why? So that our youth is renewed like the eagle. What's, the, what's, the, what's he trying to say here? Well, how many times in, in our years do we have years that are not so good? Listen to Psalm 34, 19. It says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Did you hear that? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. There are going to come hard times in our lives, but God's going to deliver us through them. He's going to show his goodness. Listen to this, a lesson from the eagle. The only bird that dares to peck an eagle is the crow. The crow sits on the eagle's back and bites his neck. The eagle does not respond nor fight with the crow. It does not spend time or energy on the crow. Instead, he opens its wings and begins to rise higher 
into the heavens. The higher the flight, the harder it is for the crow to breathe. And eventually the crow falls off due to a lack of oxygen. Learn from the eagle and don't fight the crows. Just keep ascending. They, they might be along for the ride, but they'll soon fall off. Don't allow yourself to, to succumb to the distractions. Keep your focus on the things above and continue rising. See, you can be, a, you can be a, an eagle or you can be a chicken. See, a chicken's focus is what's on the ground, what's right in front of him. An eagle sight is not on what's down, but what's up. So when you find yourself down, you need to be like the eagle and begin to look up. See, when it says he satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle, God gives you strength to rise above your circumstance. God gives you strength to rise above your problems. God gives you strength in the inner person to rise above and to have joy in the midst of sorrow, to have peace in a place of trouble. And so what, it, what, what it's saying is here is, that, listen, you don't have to have troubles weigh you down. God promises his benefit is to renew you so that you would rise above the situations and circumstances in your life that hold you down. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31 says, He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. The youths grow tired and weary. And vigorous men stumble badly. Yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. See, God promises the benefit of the Lord is that when you're in a place of years that are not so good, that you don't have to be weighed down by those circumstances or situations. God promises his benefit is that he, he renews your youth, he renews the inner man, and gives you strength to be able to rise above. And so the benefit that the Lord gives us is that he satisfies our years with good things and he renews our youth like the eagle. One of the beauty of youth is that they have a lot of joy. And it seems the older you get, <laughs> crusty, cranky, grouchy, you don't seem to find much joy in the things that used to bring you joy. You almost become bored with life. Oh, this again. Oh, that again. You know, it's, it, and so God wants to renew you as a young person in your inner person that you find joy in the midst of trouble. You find peace in the midst of sorrow. You find strength when you're weak. And you can rise above your, your circumstances and your situations. I want to leave you with this scripture. It's Romans 8, 31 through 39. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? There goes those things again. 
What does it say? He satisfies your years with good things. How will he not freely give us all things? What's your thing? What's your thing that you're waiting on? What's the thing that you're hoping for in your years? What's that thing? Some of you, it's a spouse. Wait on the Lord. Don't be discouraged or disappointed or distracted because it doesn't, it's taking a while for that to take place. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Let the Lord renew you in the inner man and find the peace, the joy, and the strength of the life that's before you right now and live it. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's not based on who you are. It's based on who he is. And he gave us a benefit package. And you have every right to claim that benefit. Do you need forgiveness? Claim your benefit. Do you need healing? Claim your benefit. Are you in a pit? Wait on the Lord and wait for your benefit to, to, to manifest. Are you feeling down? Do you feel unloved? That's a lie. Because nothing can separate us from the love of, of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He crowns you with love and compassion. That's a benefit. When you feel unloved, that's a feeling. That feeling is a lie. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your years, whatever your years may be. He satisfies them with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Claim your benefit. And another thing I want to say to you tonight as I close if the word of the Lord is made manifest in this room tonight, as it has, and there's a benefit that you've not taken advantage of, don't walk out that door. Why leave your benefit on the table? Why let the enemy snatch something that is of your hope and take it away from you, only for you to forget it in a couple of days? Claim your benefit now. It's yours. Do you need healing? Claim your benefit now. Come forward and receive the benefit of the Lord. Whatever your benefit may be, apply it to you and understand it's a benefit of the Lord. It's free. It's been given to me by, by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I can claim it. I'm in covenant relationship with God, and I can, I can claim my benefit. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, some of you have to wait for that day where you'll be in a good mood <laughs> to make your good things list. Amen. But take what Pastor Mike said and put it into practice.
Really, spend some time with the Lord. Get that good things list, amen, because it'll propel us through some of the dark days, and it'll give us a focal point so that we can hope in the Lord, amen. Uh, we're going to take an offering tonight. I encourage you to come and bring an offering to the Lord, and then just have 36 announcements, and we'll get you out of here before...